Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman. That right there, it's him. I've got him. It's Kyle Porter, KP. Hello, Kyle. Hello. Sorry, I had a bunch of stuff going on. HQ, writing, trying to document all the normal sport activity that we saw this afternoon in Memphis. Uh, ton of fun. I mean, it <clears throat> golf, I, I said this earlier, but golf is incredible because for four straight days, you just feel like you're getting a run-of-the-mill, ordinary PGA Tour event with a nice winner, right? And you're like, okay, that's great. Let's... Let's talk about this and move on to the next one. And then all of a sudden, you get the craziest hour of the year of the golf year. And that was awesome. Like I, I've loved experiencing that, seeing that, trying to contextualize it. It was the last hour of, of the the uh the FedEx St. Jude was was phenomenal. I was out of breath watching that. What does that what does that say about me so much? Well, it, yeah, it says more about you probably than the golf, but um <laughs> It was, I mean, it was, it was extraordinary. We had a grown man take his shoes off and put them back on for no reason at all. Seemingly. It was so good to, to cheers from like, like what other sport gives you a moment where a grown man takes his shoes off and puts them back on and people are cheering. Like what an absurd thing. It's so good. It's so good. If you need a uh, first cut branded shoe, we don't have it, but we have every other piece of merchandise and they're all 20% off for the rest of the year. Go use the link in the description, both the audio and video versions of this pod. If you're watching on YouTube, Jacob has thrown up a QR code. You can hit that. It'll take you directly to the storefront. You use the code FIRSTCUT20, 20% off your merch. There are shirts and hats and tumblers and glasses and stickers and support the First Cut. Much appreciated. All right, KP. Uh, where do we start here? So let, let's just zoom out a little bit. Uh, Will Zalatoris shoots a Sunday 66, Sepstraka Sunday 67. Three shots clear of everybody else. They go to a playoff. But I think we need to start on like the 18th hole 
because we kind of got a, a, a chest pumping Will Zalatoris. I love me some me moment. We did. I don't, I think we're split on this. You liked it. Liked. I didn't dislike it. I don't know if I liked it. So Zalatoris, it's a 10 footer for par on the 72nd to get in at 15 under he's ahead of uh he's what one group ahead of sep straka correct so straka is like watching this from it, it wasn't the fairway but like his second shot yeah yeah and so he turns around to i guess this caddy maybe the crowd i don't know and screams um what are they gonna say about me now right <laughs> <laughs> what are they gonna say about me now which is like, okay, I appreciate your, I appreciate the emotion legitimately do because I think that we don't get enough of that. It's sort of like, I, I want more of that. And I think it's what we love to see at Ryder cups and presidents. Like, I think, I think all of it adds up to like, yeah, I love Zalatoris more because he did that. But also like, it sort of begs the question, what were, who is they and what were they saying about you before? Right. I, I Yes. Which I assume is like us saying that he's a bad putter or like the media or like people saying that he can't putt. Right. Well, that, that's that is <laughs> that's the obvious answer. But like, first of all, we're talking about this off air. Who who sorry, I got kids screaming right. about Zalatoris and Seb Straka out there. But um, who is who that matters is saying he's a bad putter. Like, because it's, it sort of implies that he's doing the thing that he said he wasn't going to do at the U S open, which is listening to Instagram idiots. He's talking about, remember when he said at the U S open, my left wrist flexion is off according to Instagram morons. And you're like, wow, there's a lot to take in there. It sort of implies that he's listening to Instagram morons who think he's a bad putter when pretty much everybody who maybe I've missed some big thing, but pretty much everybody who does this day to day and talks about this and watches and is involved is like, no, he's a, he's, he's a, he's a fine putter. Uh, the stroke from three feet looks really bad sometimes. And he misses more three to five footers than he should, but overall he's a fine putter. So I guess I'm a little confused about like what he, who he's talking to or what he's like referencing. I, I also think that, a large percentage of this is a, a, a high-end professional athlete creating a chip on his shoulder, right? We have seen this countless For times sure. where he, he essentially knows he is now going to go to a playoff. Yeah, there's that great meme of, uh, what's that bowler's name? Pete Weber. Who do, who do you think you are? I he's, am. He's, he's <laughs> actually crazy. Just one of the greatest quotes of all time. But I think this is him further motivating himself, further creating the chip on his shoulder, further instilling in his own brain. I can make all of these and then some. That That's the real motive, I believe, behind him saying, what are they going to say now? Yeah, which is which again is is uh, is great. We need more of that. I, I, I want more of the emo like like I like that he emotes like I I. I love wills out taurus it just it felt a little bit like i don't know if that's like you know totally accurate about like what like like sometimes i feel like 
okay, this is maybe more of a place where it's coming from. Sometimes I feel like with these guys, like, yo, all I do is like praise you. Like, I'd never say anything bad about any of you guys. Uh, sort of, you know, like there are some guys that, that you get on or that you criticize or whatever. And so it sort of feels like, whoa, like, who are you talking to here? Like, I've only, like, and I know it's, I'm probably making that like more personal than I should, but sometimes it just feels a little like, yeah, you know, like two people one time said you like couldn't putt and you're sort of, but to your point, I think that's what great athletes do is like, if you have to be one, like a half percent better than another guy, like maybe you use that as sort of motivation to, to become that type of player. How would you feel if we were sitting here right now and he had turned around and said, what is KP going to say about me now? <laughs> Could you imagine? Would you be excited that you got the like in the moment, the heat of the moment going for his first victory? He was thinking of you, or are you just like, oh my God, what have well, I said? That, that's the that, yeah. That well, two things. One, that's the other thing. It's like he's standing over that putt and he's thinking about Instagram morons, right? Like yeah. that that's sort of weird, I guess. Or I don't know. It's fine. It's it it Ultimately, it's great. I just felt like there were some parts of it that were weird in the moment. And I did have one tweet about him that uh, he would probably take offense to. And that's that I said that he withdrew. You know how um, you have to give a reason for the WD, like in parentheses? Mm -hmm. I said WD 2021 Open Championship. Uh, he saw his miss putt from two feet. And that's why he withdrew. So he, <laughs> he, he might have that one. He, he could get one. it. Yeah, he could get on me for that. Anyway, let's move on to the rest of the playoff. All right, so uh, that was in, that was in regulation. So we go to a playoff. Justin Reynolds, thank you. Hit it again, Jacob. Playoffs, playoff, meta playoff. Yeah, we're yeah. going deep. We're going deep here. Uh, only two players via Justin Ray in PGA Tour history, history of the PGA Tour, have lost three playoffs in the same season. Obviously, we all remember when Horton Smith did it in 1937, and more <laughs> recently, Kevin Kisner did it in 2013. <clears throat> So Zalator has already lost two playoffs this year. Uh, this would have added him to a list you do not want to be on. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so he lost to JT, and then he lost to oh, at, no, 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 no. He, he lost at at Farmers to oh, Luke um, yeah, Luquist. Yeah, right. I was there for is that, that right? Yeah. Yes, I was there for. That. I should remember that. I was five feet away. Um, the the yes, playoff sorry. is crazy. I mean, I think so. Let's just go through the – go ahead. Yeah, yeah. so so the first hole uh, was drama-filled and was, like, by far the worst of the three. So, so uh, Yeah, that's exactly what I was getting ready to say. Seb Straka blows one, like, six feet pass on the first hole, and you're like, whoa. Yeah. And then he just buried – I mean, Seb Straka – I mean, listen, like, he didn't win. I could not have been – more impressed with just sort of how how he handled himself how he played and maybe we can talk about his kind of run into this event maybe later on but he's been playing terrible golf i mean just not good and then he was kind of lights out for the last 15 holes today didn't make a well i guess he made a i guess he didn't finish the last but he would have made a double um, what which one is this? Is this the first this first, the first one? So they both hit the green. Uh Zalatoris is 48 feet away, Strock is 24 feet away. So obviously that is half the distance. Zalatoris lags one down there, taps it in, he's in. Straka blows one by, and he's got this like six-footer coming back. And you're thinking, oh my god, like okay, well, now we're gonna really learn a lot about Sep Straka if he can roll this in and continue this playoff. Sure enough, KP, he does. Uh 
Yeah, he did. And I thought, again, it was just, it was kind of ice cold. I thought Zalatoris's lag putt here was sick. Mm-hmm. Like, he might be a, I don't have his, do you have lag putting stats in front of you at all? Um, I can get them. I guess that would be like, what's your what, favorite what? approach putt performance? Is that your like, favorite? Or like a lack of three putt from, I, I don't know, well, however you want to do it. Right, but that see. lag putt, the lag putt from Zalatoris was great. And then, yeah, Straka was just kind of nails on the. I think the comebacker was six feet or yeah, six feet three inches there uh, for par. So again, that this was the least crazy hole by far of all three. Yeah, here's the stat I think you want. So approach putt performance. So approach putt for performance essentially says how close do you hit it on your first putt for all holes where putting distance was determined by a laser. The average distance to the hole. Uh, remaining after the first putt. Zalatoris's is two feet. That's third on the PGA Tour. It's really, really good. Really good. And again, it, it gets obscured by the fact that he looks like he's having a stroke on like three and a half footers sometimes, but uh, it shouldn't be. And, it, and it, honestly, it's the reason he's an above average and, and, and not to harp on strokes gain, like strokes gain exists to combat the narrative that somebody who makes a figure eight from three feet is a bad putter, right? Because you, the, the math of it doesn't, you could argue like some of the nuance, but the math of it doesn't lie. Like Will Zalatoris is a good putter on the PGA tour. So anyway, go to, go to the second playoff hole. Second playoff hole. We run it back. That's number 18. Again, this is where things start to get very, very wild. Will Zalatoris blocks one way, right? It hits the cart path. Uh, gets kind of lucky to drop straight down. Jacob can kind of zoom in on this spot. You're not going to be able to get the um, the feel for this on Tourcast, but he is almost almost up against like a boundary fence. KP, this easily could have bounced OB, and he's his only option is to kind of chip it back down out out on the fairway. I uh, I thought it was going out of bounds. It was going out of bounds. That tree stopped it. <laughs> was it the tree or was it the because he was in front of that uh, like green nylon fence or he, uh, not in front of it, like to the side of it? Mm-hmm. Did that fence stop it? I don't think so. I think it just landed okay. in the mulch after that. Okay. Okay. So I thought he should, uh, I thought he could have asked for relief. Because so too for that nylon fence, right? Yeah, because like it, it almost looked like he changed his swing based on where the fence. It, it it almost looked like he could have hit like a running sort of cut shot up to the green or like run it up to the green, but because the fence was there, he sort of just like pitched it out. But it seemed like well. That tem- the, the the fence is is movable, like right. It's it's a temporary thing. So, I was surprised that even if he wasn't going to hit the the running kind of cutter up to the green, that he wouldn't have asked for relief there. I completely agree. Um, now it is worth noting, Zalator is hit first, so Straka then takes what I what appeared to be three wood off the tee, and you've got to remember on eighteen, it's water all the way up the left hand side hits this ball that is drawing towards the water, lands on the bank, somehow stays up and kind of lost in the whole shuffle of this while we're trying to figure out what Zalatoris is going to do. Straka is 
removing the shoe, putting it back on, trying to figure out if he's going to stand in the water. It was kind of like we didn't realize what was going on with Straka because we were so enamored and trying to figure out what, what Will was going to do that I saw him untying his shoe and I'm like, oh my God, he's going to play this. He's going to play this with a foot in the water. So I swear to you, the thing that I thought when so Straka takes his shoe off and then Zalator is about to hit and Straka puts his shoe back on. So they cut back to him and he's got both shoes on, right? Yeah. I honest, I, I swear, my thought was, I wonder if he's trying to like bait him into thinking that he has a shot because he put his shoe back on. <laughs> like this is a, this is gamesmanship. Right. Like, because, because on the broadcast, they said Zalatoris didn't really go look at Straka's ball. He like kind of saw it or saw where it was. And maybe that means it, the, the way they said it, like maybe he did see exactly what was going on, but it's, it sounded kind of nonchalant. And so I was like, I wonder if, I wonder if Straka like took his shoe off and was like, wait a second, I shouldn't do this. Cause then I'm going to basically let Will know like what I, what's happening here. So he puts it back on to pretend like he does have a shot. Obviously, that's not what was going on, but that's how crazy things got for a second. That 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 was what was going through my head. So uh, Will proceeds to chip it down the fairway, leaves himself like ninety three yards or something like that, and Straka picks up his golf ball and takes an unplayable. And I was, I was pretty stunned. Kyle really yeah I mean it was hard to tell we didn't get a lot of like camera angles of of Straka because we were so focused on Will so it was kind of hard to tell what that shot was going to be but I thought yeah advance it down I mean you could have I thought he could have at least chipped it to where Will was and they could have both hit their third from the same spot he was very quick to pick it up move it back a couple yards and play it from there yeah, Straka doesn't really strike me as a guy who's going to go full Stinson and like get get in his undies in the in the in a pond in Memphis, right? Like, it's not. <laughs> I think I think we also don't know. Was it deep right there? Was it? I think you you bring a lot of things into play, and I think I think it speaks a little bit to. He, I it seemed like he felt so locked in with his iron play. That it was like I'm just going after every pin anyway, so I might as well just take a stroke here, hit it to seven feet, and make par, which is exactly. I mean, again, I sometimes you and I think about things as if we are the player, but I think the player is so much more either confident or arrogant in their own abilities that that they just think about things totally different than you and I think that we would in the moment. Like if if you or I is is playing that whole as as we play golf right now i think for sure but sep strock is like i hit everything from 140 to seven feet why would i not just do that right but you and i don't think like that and so it's hard to sort of get into the mind of a player in that moment um but he i mean the shot he hit into into that hole was that hole is a bunch of players were tweeting about i think smiley said it maybe colt knows like that hole is it just is like it almost looks uh, like it, like somebody. It looks like a, somebody's like a broken leg. Like it looks like it just goes the wrong way multiple times, right? Like it just looks like you're having to hit a weird tee shot. And I don't mean it like literally looks like a broken leg. Just when you're playing it, it doesn't look right. 
And there's, there's not an obvious, there's not one or even two obvious ways to play it. There's like a lot of different ways this could go sideways. It's almost like, uh, what is it at Bay Hill six at Bay Hill? If, if it was like just condensed and shorter, right? Right. You gotta, and be, you, gotta, you gotta be very committed to like every shot you hit on that hole. You you sort of have to hit this high draw, which uh, Straka was kind of hitting, but not really far enough. It, it's just it's just such a hard couple of shots, and uh, for both those guys to make par here, to, for both of them to make four on the on the second playoff hole was a joke. I yeah, mean, it was, it was stupid. World class pars, one from a boundary fence, the other after taking an unplayable. Straka stuffs it to six feet nine inches. Zalatoris hits his to 13 feet eight inches. They both roll the putts in, which means we move on to the third playoff hole, which is number 11. And if you thought, if you thought the first two playoff holes were fun, uh, th- this is going to get its own chapter, I think, in normal sport, uh, <laughs> normal sport two. So, still with the honor. Will Zalatoris goes first. This is essentially an island, an island green part three, 145 yards or so. Um, his ball lands and bounces around like a game of Plinko on top of the. Here we go. Hell yeah. Jacob. Look at that. The wall, the stone wall and his ball rest comes to rest. But uh, sitting on top of the stone wall up against the edge of grass that is like twice the height of his golf ball. Right. I'm this, describing this, this accurately. The, yeah. It's almost like when you're, you know, when your grass grows, I don't know if you have grass there in Vegas, but when your grass grows like twice as high as where your driveway is. Right. And you're, and like kids trip on it all the time because it, that's sort of what this looks like. Yeah. This is the cover of normal sport too, by the way. This is amazing. So, so Zalatoris goes first. His ball comes to rest on this stone wall. And we are, I mean, I'm losing my mind. Um, I don't know what's going to happen next. Straka steps up and hits it in the water. Caught, caught land for a second, hits it in the water. So now things start to get much more interesting because we're like, he might actually have to try to hit this from here Kyle and now this turns into we this is an overused phrase but like it is truly match play now like it is because Zalatoris doesn't really decide what he's going to do until after he watches Straka go to the drop zone and hit his third which ends up in the back bunker so there's a lot going on here I think my first question is did Straka was that the line that he took or did he just block the hell out of it because if that's his line and again, I, there was a lot going on. I, I haven't gone back and watched it yet. But if that's your line, like, bro, you you kind of you kind of deserve to lose there. Yeah, I mean, it's like taking. I mean, it's very it's very similar to like the Sunday Sawgrass pin, like tucked in the right. Like there was no need to take that on when you're. When, it's literally in match play as your guy is stymied. Um, hit it, you know. Hit it to the fat part, please. <laughs> well, and and I think it's a little bit. I think it's it's one of those situations. So I remember when Cam Smith went right of the right pin on seventeen on Sunday at Sawgrass. <laughs> yeah, by accident. And you're like, whoa, like what? What is that? Like if he pulls it off, like if Straka goes at that pin and pulls it off, he's kind of a legend. I mean, in as much as you can be a legend for winning one playoff event in 2022, but I I just man. 
Seb Straka winning a playoff event is 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 life changing for him, and I just don't understand how you're how you're even within ten yards of of that area of the green. You have to be like, and again, maybe he blocked it. I haven't gone back and watched, but you have to be way. I mean, you have to almost be aiming for that back left trap, no? Yeah. Yes. Literally, the and, only uh, thing you can't do is put it in the water. But maybe, maybe, like, maybe he couldn't tell what was going on with Zalatoris. That's interesting. Can you can you run? How sick would that have been if he ran up there? He sent his caddy <laughs> to run up there. That would have been. That would have been the moment of the year to send your caddy to go look at that. The that seems like uh that seems quite likely that they, I they knew it wasn't in the water because they right. they knew there there was no splash or anything like that. So they might have assumed it was on grass. Well, and, and a lot. It yeah yes it does and how I mean you you could not drop or roll a ball from where Zalatoris has landed and and get it to stop where it did no it should have gone in the water four or five different times and maybe right. that affects maybe that affects where Straka is aiming here but the weirdest part about this Rick and I said this earlier but the weirdest part is that Straka was hitting five and. Zalatoris was lying one and you could argue you could have argued that Straka had the advantage over him I've never seen anything remotely close to that yeah Jacob go can we get that picture back up because so so what in, what, in chron- chronological order uh Straka blast went into the back bunker and now Zalatoris and his caddy are grinding over what to do here it looked like he wanted to try to pull this off now there are th- this is not smooth stone um, there's, there's ridges. Some areas are higher than others. Some are lower than others. He has the grass right in front of it. I mean, if he, you understand the situation, uh, your options are try to pull this off from 20 feet away from the, the hole or go back 93 yards to the drop zone. So if he can somehow advance this ball anywhere on land, it's over. He's, he's yeah. one, yeah. which is what he's thinking, right? Like, can I move this? two inches anywhere and lock this up um what do you think should he what 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 like if he tries to hit this what's what is even the play i i i don't i don't know like do you because the problem is it's almost like you have to hit your highest lofted club to to be able to like get it over the little ridge thing there mm-hmm but if you do that, you're just going to like blade the middle of it, aren't you? Yeah, there's a real chance that you blade it over the green into the water. Or, or you, a disaster. <laughs> but I, no, I, I think I think the even bigger, for sure, that could have happened. The, the other two things that could have happened are, one, you drop kick your wedge off the rock and like miss it. Mm. Or you blade it and it just like almost goes down into the into the turf yeah to where it's to where it's plugged there's a million i i can't believe they even i mean how long I mean, they spent five minutes looking at this trying to figure out what they were going to do he pulled out wedge put wedge behind it um they were involved in a full-on conversation do you think if straka stuffs it from the drop zone to two feet he tries to hit this ball uh that's a good question um 
he wanted it looked like he wanted to he it it did it did seem like he wanted to i think he might have if if straka and maybe i don't know if his transcript is out yet i'm sure he got asked about it in the uh maybe you can check that out for us um producer jacob i'll, I'll drop it in the in our chat here I, I think he might have if if uh if straka would have like stuck his approach shot from the drop zone. Um, I just don't, I don't know. Like you almost have to play it sort of on your, off your back foot, right. To where you're almost chopping down on it, but I don't know if you can do that and still like get, get the blade underneath it. The, the angle of that stone seems like it would be so hard to even get, remotely okay contact on that golf and again like normal sport we're talking about trying to fit a slice of like a metal blade between a rock a literal rock and a hard place here and this is like what determines championships in golf it's 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 the most absurd sport and the best sport obviously so straka hits it from the drop zone into the back bunker um zalatoris which which then he has to Will watched Straka hit out of the bunker as well because at that point Will had made no decision yet and he is still twenty feet away and Zalatoris is in, or excuse me and Straka is in the back bunker and he's still away. So, well, so this is what I'm saying. Like, have you ever seen somebody hitting five and another person lying one? Like, how could that even happen? No, I guess unless if you hit like three balls off the tee or whatever. Finally, after Straka uh, splashes out of the bunker to a handful of feet, that that is when Zalatoris goes back to the drop zone, which is by far the best possible. Like that's the play. If you get up and down from ninety-three yards, you guarantee yourself victory. You might be able to make a three from there and still end up winning, depending on if Straka can make his putt or not. So they they finally got it. They they finally got it all sorted out. Uh, Will does indeed get up and down from the drop zone and captures his first career victory. Well, and I think the impressive part, and I wrote about this in like afterwards, Zalatoris made, so the first 35 holes on the weekend, he made three putts. Uh, I think he made four putts of seven feet or longer. And his last four holes, he made four putt or he made three putts of seven feet or longer. So nearly as many in his last four holes as he had in his first 35 holes on the weekend to win to win the golf tournament. And that's just super impressive. He had a 10-footer to get into the playoff. He had that 14-footer on the second hole of the playoff. And then the 7-footer to win it. I mean, that's that's pretty big time. And again, like I don't I'm not a person who thinks that Zalatoris is a bad putter. But you st- like whether you're the best putter in the world or not, like that is big boy stuff like the strokes gain like the the odds of you making all three of those are not not good and you had to have them all to win the tournament eight top 10 finishes this season finally gets the win he joins camilo Vijegas as the only player to win his first pga tour title as a playoff event and he leapfrogs everybody and becomes the number one ranked golfer in the FedEx Cup standings. Well, I think what's... Okay, here we go. We've got the transcript here. Do you want to read it, Rick? I, I don't know what I'm... Yeah, so uh, it says, um, 
The question says, uh, looking at that same moment, Will, was there any part of you that was looking for the optimistic, like maybe I can get this? What was your caddy saying to you during the whole time? Will said, uh, yeah, I mean, I knew I wouldn't have played the shot. I knew I wouldn't have played the shot, but I was at least going to go take a peek at it. Joel told me about three times, hey, Seth's got four feet or five, go back, go back. So I wanted to make sure that I wasn't giving up an easy chance where I could just kind of maybe pop one on the green, get an easy two putt. And it was just not doable. I couldn't get the club below basically half of the equator of the ball, the lower half of the ball. That's what you were talking about, just smacking it in the forehead. Well, he he uh, he stayed over there for a long time for knowing that he wasn't going to play the shot, right? I agree. Interesting. That might be hindsight. In the moment, he might have thought he was playing that shot. <laughs> that's why. That's why you pay your caddy a lot of money, but. Uh, so you mentioned Zalatoris bump, uh, jumping up to number one in the FedEx Cup. Yep. Uh, Van, I, I thought what was impressive, and, and, you know, this is, it's a different kind of impressive than maybe we'd normally talk about, but you've got, think about being Will Zalatoris. So you lose in a playoff to Luke Liz, who has the putting week of his life. You lose in a playoff to JT, who just destroys the world on the back nine and uh was just unbelievable down the stretch and then you've got so you get to you get to the FedEx Cup playoffs first event and you're like oh Rory missed the cut Shuffler played terrible JT finished outside the top whatever 10 uh Xander was out of it you, you you've got all these problems out of the way you all these landmines out of the way and then freaking Sepp Straka mm-hmm. is just lights out can't miss a putt and i think it 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 gets at a little bit of what we talk about when we're like winning can't be the only way to determine whether guys are playing good or not now you do have to win at some point because it's a sign that you're putting yourself in position to win a lot um and i think there is something to like making a 10 footer on the 72nd hole to get into a playoff right but it just has to be so infuriating and uh mentally taxing when you're like, I got all these top 10 guys out of the way and now I got to deal with Sepp Straka who hasn't made a cut since May and who can't shoot around in the sixties and then shoots four of them in a a row in Memphis. So I just, I thought that was super impressive. And I think that, you know, I, I don't know what the odds are. I don't know if we haven't pulled up, but I think that Zalatoris and Finau have to be the top two favorites to win the FedEx cup now based on, both their position in the FedEx Cup standings, they're both in the top five, and how good a golf they've been playing over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, and we're I want to look at the whole top ten of the FedEx Cup standings. We'll do that on the other side. But I I I'm just I'm happy for Will. You could see he was getting a little emotional afterwards. It's he finally breaks it. Remember, he was not even a prolific winner. I think he only had one win on the Corn Ferry when he had that stretch of golf where I think it was like 20 straight Corn Ferry events. He finished inside the top 15 or something outrageous. He only had one win there. Finally breaks through here. I'm 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 genuinely happy for him. Yeah, and I think he's somebody that again, I might be wrong about this. It seems like he kind of craves the moment. And so it's almost like, especially guys like that, you're like, oh, this guy needs to f- win, you know? Like, I don't mean that derogatorily. I mean, like, he deserves to win. Like, he steps up, he hits the shots, he does everything that you need to do, and and to just not have it break his way yet. Uh, I mean, he missed, he almost won the Masters last year. He finished one shot out of a playoff at Augusta National 
when Hideki won. And then obviously the majors this year, I'm with you. I I think it's great to see him win. I think he's going to be an unbelievable addition to the U.S. teams, President's Cup this year, Ryder Cup next year. And uh, I'm excited about – I think about this question. We'll talk about it coming back from the break. Uh, Joseph Lamanga, Lamanya, I don't know how to pronounce his name. I apologize. But he tweeted, if if I had to pick one player's career earnings starting January 1, 2023 – I might pick Will Zalatoris. I want to see if you agree with that uh, or who who you would say otherwise if you don't agree with it. Okay. All right. Let me think on that. Uh, We got to talk about Cam Smith. We got to talk more about the FedEx Cup. We got to go through our best bets in one and done. A lot of OWGR shakeups. Lots, lots, lots of stuff going on. We're going to hit it, but first we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And we're back. Uh, Camp Smith got a unfriendly wake-up call this morning when he was assessed a two-stroke penalty for a drop that he took on Saturday on number four. Here's, if you're watching on YouTube, Jacob has uh, the still shot up. And I did not necessarily know this rule, Kyle, and I don't I don't think Cam Smith did either, but you can see very clearly post drop, his golf ball is on the red line. Um, I guess that is determined to be not taking full relief. He did not take full relief. That ball cannot be, and no part of that ball can be touching the red line. Uh, PGA tour officials reviewed it last night, reviewed it again this morning and assessed Cam Smith, a two shot penalty. So he actually started the day at nine under par instead of 11 under, which is when the final putt dropped last night, where, where we thought he was going to be. Yeah, this is, I'm always curious about how rules officials came about finding this stuff, right? (laughs) Well, you do a, you do a good job of in normal sport being like the guys who are on TV are more, more frequently are more likely to get these penalties. If there's not sure. a camera on cam Smith, this never happens. It's really yeah. an unfair application of, of using the the cameras for rulings. Totally. We talked about this with Victor Hovland at the players championship last year and how, I can't remember. It was like, I think it was hole 11 where it crossed the line, but it just like that whole situation, which he handled great, made me think about how guys like Hava and like Cam Smith, like they get, um, like sometimes they get the benefit of having stuff be on 
TV where you can go back and um, say like, oh, well, video evidence shows that this crossed the line here, so I'm good, good to go. But it works the other way too, which is what happened here with Cam Smith. And the, the in the interview, the, the rules official Gary Young, he said he was asked about how did you find how how did how did you find out that this may or may not have happened? And he said we had seen it live on the broadcast yesterday, and then nothing really happened. And then after the after seeing the rebroadcast and seeing it again, which yeah, here it is. So he said after seeing the rebroadcast and seeing it, is somebody so. I, I don't know. I I don't feel like those like the answer the Hideki situation at Memorial. The answers that they gave about how did you find out about it were completely unsatisfactory. It was like, well, somebody said something to us about it. It was like, whoa, whoa, like who who was that? Where did that come from? And that a little bit feels like what's happening here is after seeing the rebroadcast feels a little bit more like somebody mentioned this and we went back and watched it again or something. And I don't know, it doesn't ultimately, I guess, matter where it comes from. That part of it just, just always intrigues me. And I don't think there was anything particularly, again, it's a little bit of a normal sport moment. Your ball is on like a arbitrary line of paint and that's a penalty that, you know, like you didn't, because you didn't know what the rule was. It, I think it got, we had a couple of Cam Smith things this week that got really exacerbated because he may or may not be going to live. And I, I think this was one of them. Couldn't we just go to like, uh, like we did at Austin country club, pull out the green paint and paint over it in the middle of the, I forgot about the that. that was yeah. sick. That, that was, was sick that they did that. Absolutely. The craziest thing <laughs> I've ever seen. This guy just walks out there and is, just like nah, this line doesn't exist anymore. But um, that, you could do that because that was uh, a true, a, a real match play situation. Didn't affect I, the field. I, I hate this so much. There's got to be a statute of limitations at some point, right? Like, what if they would watch the rebroadcast tonight after Cam Smith had won? Would they would they assess him a two shot penalty tomorrow? Like, if 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 the player doesn't catch it in the moment, if we don't have them, you know, when he goes to sign his card and they saw this live, they need to say, hold on, don't sign your card we're reviewing something we i can't have a guy waking up the next day two shots further back i can't i think i agree um you know the the thing i always think of is obviously tiger at the 13 masters where fred ridley calls him in on sunday morning or i guess that was saturday morning i think it was second round going into the third round and that was that whole ordeal. I, I'm I'm probably of the opinion that, and I could be talked in or out of it because I haven't given it a ton of thought, but that midnight of the day of the tournament, local time, like hard reset. Like you can't be, and this was the Lexi Thompson thing from um, whatever it was five or six years ago where she got the penalty like during the middle of her, her final round. And you're like, what are we doing? Like, I understand, again, that rules have to be adjudicated, but <laughs> to your point, like, it, I mean, and I'm legitimately asking this because I don't know, is there, is there a rule that says like at the end of like everybody signed their cards on at the end of the tournament and you can't go back and adjudicate? Like what if, what if this, what if, what if this had happened on Sunday and Cam won the tournament by one? Correct. 
Right. Are you not, are you, are you the, like, and I, again, I'm not being facetious here. Like, are you, is there a rule that says, well, at that point you actually can't go back and adjust the scores. I, I legitimately, you already gave him the trophy and he already flew out of town. Right. I, Cause it's, it's a little bit the same. I mean, you're, you're sort of doing the same thing, right? It's just one is on Sunday and one's on Saturday. Yeah. I, I, I hate this. I, once, once the card is, if, you got to have a deadline once the card is signed. But if if there is a rules official who has a question about something, it's very simple. You radio down to scoring and you say, hey, when Cam Smith walks in, tell him to hold off for a second. One of his shots is under review. We'll get back to him. And then we and then once they decide one way or another, he signs his card. I can't have a. There, there are other implications that are much smaller around your, your, your gambling and fantasy partners that are going to pay you a lot of money to keep the integrity of the game, which is something the NBA goes through as well. And the NFL and every other major sports organization, but you can't have a guy 11 under par two shots off the lead, show up the next morning and be nine under. Well, pull the, uh, pull, will you pull the, the quote back up there, Rick or, uh, (laughs) Jacob, producer Jacob, sorry. I'm Which trying one? to watch the uh, the Gary Young. Okay, so actually we had seen it yesterday on the uh, on the live broadcast. Okay, full stop. I think this is what you're talking about. Like if you Correct. saw it, uh, it and, and I think the part that is like frustrating here, just knowing the awkwardness of the camera angles and that he was dropping in a really tight area, uh, the geometry of the whole situation, normal sport, He's got basically a sliver. He's dropped the ball into. We felt very comfortable at the time that he was familiar with the rule and it was such a quick view. If there's any question, right? Like just ask and, and end it that day. Correct. I think I'm with you. I think, I, I think I'm in on whether it's midnight or end of round or whatever, whatever you want to make that. Like it cannot bleed into to the, the following round or day. I, I think I'm in on that. I could be, I'm, there's something, there's some situation that I'm probably not thinking of that would render, like would change my opinion on that. But based on my history of covering this sport and what you're saying right now, I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm in on that. The NFL has a, uh, an official in New York who watches, you know, 15 games at once. Just put an official in a room with a bunch of monitors. And if he sees something on the broadcast, he has a question about, Let's get it addressed when that guy comes but in. That's, but, that, but that's what they have. They literally have that. I know. I mean, right? Yeah, and they didn't even act on it. So I don't know. But again, like it does. I think we talk a lot about. So just this idea of protecting the field, not backstopping, not, you know, whatever. There's a million different ways to sort of protect the field. And again, like the weird uh, unintended consequence of putting stars on TV is that it's sort of um, disproportionately uh, like punishes them because so much of their stuff is caught on TV. Not that they're like willingly trying to cheat, but if, if this wasn't on TV, if Cam Smith was Cam Tringali, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have been caught. Right. <laughs> Correct. And so, like, it's this weird. It 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 does. Um, it sort of punishes a part, of, like a part of the field. Like this, it's. I guess what I'm trying to say is, that there's not a level playing field 
because so much, so many of the stars' shots and players in contention shots are on TV, and so like the TV part of it disproportionately punishes players that are on TV, which is probably something that nobody cares about besides me and you. But I do think that's pretty weird. Uh, pull up that comment from Jack Fisher, who says, "You know why it took so long? The the officials must have been mulleting it over." <laughs> That's, That's great. Good one, Jack. Uh, pull up, uh, pull up JetBlue Amigo at seven forty-three. Uh, are you? So this says, are you suggesting, Kyle, that scrub players cheat all the time because there's no cameras? No, this is not what I'm suggesting at all. I'm suggesting that players may or may not know the rules. I don't think Cam Smith's trying to cheat here. I don't think. 99% of guys on tour are ever trying to cheat. Probably, I mean, it's yeah. probably higher than that. He's not getting an advantage if his ball is a half an inch forward here and not on the red line. He's right. actually probably in a worse situation where he's hitting from. I'm saying, yeah, yeah, he is because it's on a, it's on a more of a slope probably, but I'm just saying that guys who are on TV are almost disproportionately punished rules wise for being on TV. That's, that's all I'm trying to say. Uh, big FedEx cup shakeup that we kind of alluded to. So Zalatoris goes from 12th to first that leaps Scotty Scheffler. Thanks to the quadruple points in the playoffs. Um, and Scotty Scheffler missing the cut, the 1200 point lead Kyle that he had earned in the regular season in the regular season, 1200 points is two and a half wins worth of FedEx cup points. That is gone. Goodbye. One miscut and Will Zalatoris winning uh, has bumped you from that spot. Do you like the quadruple points? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, yeah, like if, if, and I've seen some people suggest that it should basically just be a year long race, right? Like where everything is sort of equal and you get to the end of the year and, and who wins. I, Obviously, this is disproportionately rewarding players for playoff wins. And I I don't know that I really care one way or the other. I think it makes the I think it makes the playoffs more interesting, but almost takes away from guys that were the best players all year a little bit. Um, but I don't know. Like if Sep Straka wins yesterday, or excuse me, today. He doesn't go to number one, and so Shuffler still has his lead over him. I, I don't know. I, I think I think you could pull it back just a little bit because I I don't I don't know that I want to believe that. Like, let's say if Straka wins, he's still ahead of Cam Smith. Has Cam Smith or has Sep Straka had a better year than Cam Smith? No. So maybe dial it back a little bit, but still make it a, a worth more than uh, than a regular PGA Tour event. So. I, I, I kind of like, I, I don't know if I like the quadruple points, but what, what we have not seen before is something we're going to see for the first time this year, which is uh, the combination of staggered start and only three playoff events. And Kyle, what I think that's going to create is a really volatile playoff system moving forward, especially when we go to 70, 50, 30 next year, instead of 125, 70, 30, um, where all these points are jacked up. There are only two starts before you determine your starting position for the tour championship. And it's going to create a situation where like if Sepp Straka, you know, if this event is 
just top 70 next year and Seb Straka wins it and moves to second. Like, like I, I don't know. I just think it's going to create a much more volatile system, which I'm generally fine with. Yeah, I think it's, I don't know. <laughs> Has Seb Straka had a better year than Rory and JT? No. Or Matt Fitzpatrick? He has not had a better year than, I mean, name someone on this list he's had a better year than. Right. And so it's it's a little, and this is what I was saying going to the playoffs that Mark and maybe Coach disagreed with is like, it, there's too many there's too many people in the playoffs. Seb Straka is the team that gets the eight seed and gets hot. And actually, my biggest problem with anything on this list, Rick, is that Seb Straka was ranked 35th coming into the playoffs. Right. Like that is not ref- that is not a true reflection of the type of golf. Seb Straka shot two rounds in the 60s in May, June, and July. That's not good golf, right? But he, the, I think one of the problems is you disproportionately reward. I've said disproportionately reward or punish like 20 times on this podcast. I apologize, but you disproportionately reward winning to where. Seb Straka is ranked 35th and somebody that has a bunch of T3s or T7s is ranked behind him. And I don't, I just, I don't know that, that that's a little difficult to swallow for me that a guy got hot for four days and it sort of erases four months of somebody playing really quality solid golf. And the flip side of that might be like, well, yeah, go win. Right. Like that's the answer. But I don't know. I think I'm always going to, I'm always going to lean more toward like, man, who is like just playing the, the, the most solid golf for the longest amount of time and not just who got hot for four days, especially with a year long race like that. Uh, I have a, I have a system that I will pitch to you at some point in the, in the off season. That's like, give me, give me, give me the cliffs notes real quick. The cliff notes are, so it works really well with, uh, when we go next year to 70, 50, 30, the cliff notes are that starting in the first playoff event, it's, it's cumulative score. So it's 216 holes. So it's three playoff events and you still advance not based on your score, but you still advance via FedEx cup points. So you reward those who had good season long success, but you turn it into one massive event essentially. And the cream will still likely rise to the top. Wait, so so how do you advance to the second playoff event? FedEx Cup points. So you still keep FedEx Cup points, right? Because that's how you reward guys. Because if you didn't do that, if you just said, you know, the top 50 of the scoring move on, you'd have Scotty Scheffler. Scotty Scheffler would be out of the playoffs right now, right? After having a, one of the best non-Tiger seasons ever, he'd be out of the playoffs right now. So you still advance via FedEx Cup points. Uh, and also because you have a big sponsor like FedEx that wants you to do that. Uh, but... It's all based on your your score because all these guys are going to play all three events. It's not like you're going to have guys that take weeks off or anything like that. But so, do you do you start the second event with your score from the first event? Yeah. So, Will Zalatoris and Sepp Straka would both be 15 under par going into Wilmington, and Lucas Glover would be 12 under, and Scotty Scheffler would have a lot of. Now there would be no cut, so he would have played four rounds. Okay. But he would have, he would have he would obviously have a lot of work to do. We need to do a half-baked podcast because <laughs> I have a whole deal on – Producer Jacob said we were going to do a, um, like, what would you do to improve the PGA Tour podcast? And I have this whole model that I would implement based on some of the live stuff that I think has been good 
and I, I just like tell random friends about it or my wife about it, and they're like, I, I, one don't care, and two really don't have any idea what you're talking about, and so I need you, uh, and maybe some other people to just like give me feedback on it. You know it. what? You know what my wife always says when uh, when I come at her with this, she always goes, uh, "Sounds like you've thought this out." <laughs> Which is like no need to discuss it any further, and it sounds was, like you put a lot of energy in this. <laughs> I was trying to, uh, I was breaking down what like JT's response was to the live lawsuit on Tuesday or on Wednesday, the you know the courtroom deal to my wife, and she was like, "Oh, oh, that's that's fu- that's funny. That sounds interesting." I'm like, "Well, it's not funny. Like y- you just couldn't think of another." You know, you know how like when you you're talking to somebody, you're like, "Oh, that's pretty funny." Like that that was just like it was literally she had stopped listening like a minute ago, and that was just the first thing she thought to say. And uh, yeah, that was that was a tough scene for me. That was that was it's not like great. it's like saying that's funny, but like in as like strange or odd, not like actually yes. like making me chuckle. Yes, totally. Uh, all right, to answer your question, so if I get um. Career earnings starting today. I see. I would try to game the system and pick somebody who's like not born yet, right? Because well, that yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say the real answer is probably look up who's like the best thirteen-year-old in the world or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But if I have to go with like somebody on the PGA tour, I think there's only two possible answers because of their age and their upside. Uh, Morikawa and Salatoris. Salatoris. Yeah. What about Shuffler? How old Scotty? I always forget. He's, he's 25. Like, he yeah, might be 26 yeah. now. So all three of them. So I, I think that the 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 right answer is Morikawa. The the exciting answer is Zalatoris because I think there's a lot of upside. Zalatoris is Morikawa ball striking, hits it further, and when he puts when he fixes the putter and puts a lot better, which he's obviously going to do. He's 25 years old. It might be game over. For, wait, for, who'd you say for Morikawa? Morikawa is like the the obvious, like the safe answer, I think. But what like, was the last one you said though? Like the okay, yeah. like the ceiling, the ceiling guy. Yeah, he. Um, I worry a little bit about injury with him. He's just so. Why uh, was Alatoris? Yeah. Well, he swings like he's like John Daly, <laughs> but he's built like Manute Bowl. <laughs> How long you been sitting on that one? <laughs> I just thought of it. I just, I just tried that. Like, I had a, I had a, I had that, uh, uh, that LKD tweet of um, Jaylee's backswing from the '95 Open and the 2022 Open in my head, and then Manute Bowl was just the first like skinny basketball player that I thought of. But, uh. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's an irrational fear. I want to throw JT in there. He's probably too old. He's 29, almost 30. Or maybe he is 30. Did you see the the PGA Tour thing that they sent out the memo with like projecting like if you start your career now? With how well, that's big- what I responded that it said. I think Jim Furyk is actually the right answer to this question somehow because <laughs> that was the that was like the player that they used that said Jim Furyk would have earned six hundred million dollars. And you're like, really? Like that seems right. high. Right. Uh, somebody in the chat said Tom Kim is should be in the conversation, which is a, which is 
Very true. He should be in that conversation. How old's Joaquin Neiman? Well, I mean, he's going to, yeah, and he might not be on the PGA Tour for. Oh, hold on. I was going to say, do I get his liver? Do I get all career earnings? No. Like, anywhere no, he plays no, golf no. like forever? And that's why, like, Bryson would have been an interesting answer to this. Uh, Speeth is, again, like JT, probably a little too old. Rory's definitely too old. Um, it it kind of is like a smaller group than you would think that it would be, right? Rom might be in there. He's only twenty seven, I think. That's crazy too. I always think he's a lot older than that. Yeah, I think Tom Kim is a super interesting answer because his ceiling is probably not as high as a as a as a Morikawa or a Scheffler or somebody like that. But he's got five more years on him. Hovland's an interesting answer. He's younger than all those guys. Other yeah, than Tom and, Kim. And if I- if I gave if I gave Zalatoris the benefit of being able to fix his weakest link, if you give Victor the benefit of fixing his weakest link, that's also very scary. Yeah, he's had um, – has his year been – we've already gone an hour. We said we were going to go like 40 minutes. But has Hovland's year been disappointing? Um, he won Mayakoba. yeah. Right? Didn't he, he won the he won the Euro event in uh, what Jan- January February? Is that the BMW PGA or am I making that up? No, it was the uh, it was I think it was the Dubai Desert Classic. Yes, that's exactly what it was. It was in the final group at the Open Championship. Um, I think I don't know. I really don't know because I think he had a lot of. Well, I don't know. You look at this. I I forgot. I mean, he went T four Riviera, almost won at Bay Hill, had a top ten at the Players, but I I think. I think he would like to have been in the mix more often. I bet you he would give himself like a C minus. Okay. Yeah. I think it's been sneaky better than people would think because somebody pointed this out in the chat and I agree. He did. He did a lot of his damage in like, it was a little Scheffler light where it's like January, February, March. He's kind of, he's kind of lighting it up a little bit mm-hmm. and then he hasn't, I mean, the open, he was great, obviously, but he hadn't done a ton this summer. Um, I don't know. I, I think I would say mildly. Di- I don't know why we're talking about Victor Hovland right now, but I would, I would say like mildly disappointing, but certainly not. I think the regression statistically with his short game has actually been more disconcerting than any of his finishes or play. And maybe that leads to some of those finishes or play, but I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, he he's definitely in that conversation for me for like whose career earnings would I take from you know January 1, 2023 going forward. Uh Sahith came up in the chat, but no, he's, 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 he's older than you think he is. He, totally. He's like 25 already, I think. 20, he's 24. Victor's Victor's 24 has six worldwide wins already. Victor Victor's ceiling's a little higher than Sahith's, I think. I love Sahith. I hope he wins a lot, but I don't think he's in, in Victor's category. All right, we'll put a bow on this. We'll go through our best bets. We'll recap the one and done. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. 
But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. And we're back. All right, best bets. Uh, Two winners, a loser, and what is that, a push, Jacob? What is that one that's not designated? No, that's three wins. Three wins, one loss. So, we all had top 20s. Uh, Joaquin Neiman, Tom Kim, Sung J.M., Cash them all. KP, unfortunately, Ches Revy got you. Oh. Uh, finished T51. That's fine. Kind of, I mean, it, it, for me, a, a win on that bet, or like at least like feeling good about the bet was him making the cut. So, and also that was the longest odds. It was plus 450. The rest of them were. Yeah. 170, 200. Jacob, can you confirm that uh, my pick to win was uh, Will Zaltors? Can we confirm that? Boom. Look at that. Look at that. I had, a, I had a great week. Scheffler was awesome. Rory played great. That was really, <laughs> really phenomenal. Did he make the cut? Nope. That's three missed cuts. <laughs> just, just tremendous picks right there. Uh, Brendan Steele was described as a short game wizard on the broadcast at one point this week, which I've never heard Brendan Steele described in that way, probably because it's not true. I mean, like, listen, rickrungood.com and dating golf are <laughs> very accessible. It's not, they're not like, you don't have to like scan a QR code. You just type them in. It's not that hard. Uh, one and done. So, oh, there were some bucks on the line. Okay. Uh, see ya. And Kyle both got $260,000, but from two different golfers. Sia went with the aforementioned Tom Kim, who I'm actually quite impressed with. So that is seven consecutive weeks coming off of a win. And Tom Kim finished P13. That's pretty good. I'll take that. You had Joaquin Neiman, obviously also tied for 13. Uh, yeah, it... <laughs> It was kind of down between Neiman and uh, Zalatoris for me this week. Not, not totally. I I really wanted to save Zalatoris for Eastlake, which now I, I guess I'm glad I did. Oh yeah, since he's, since he's going to be in the top three or four, probably at do least. We use, we use the staggered start. Not well. I know what you're going to say, but well, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think we do. Right, producer Jacob. What do we do? I I don't know, Jacob. What do we do? Yeah, I think we use the staggered start. Oh crap! For ultimate chaos, I'm gonna have to go with Sepp Straka. 
I think <laughs> <laughs> that joke's come full circle. Uh, yeah, because last year Kevin not remember one of my favorite things on the OWGR side is that uh, is that Kevin Na and and John Rom finished T one last year. Yep, T one the tour championship. Yeah, sweet sweet sport. That's awesome. Uh, so yeah, I got Zalatoris left. I don't know who I'm going to play next week, but uh, Neiman finishing T thirteen was fine or T eight, whatever he was. Uh, I only, I had cam young. I used him 78,000. Greg got 78,000. This is the most interesting part here. So, um, earlier this week on Wednesday, do we actually, do we have the clip Jacob from the challenge thrown down from, from coach? Cause I know you never back down from a challenge. Oh boy. I'm so confident in my pick this week that I'm going to sail past you. No, I'm saying that he's going to win enough to surpass you on the money list. That's all I'm saying. Max Homa is currently 55, 55 to 1. one. Seamus Powers is 90 to so, 1. So, yes. So, you're okay. So, I guess what you're, this- you're spotting me the money. Yeah, you'd be spotting yeah. me the six. You know what, coach? <laughs> coach dancing cracks me up. Uh, so, just to recap. Coach bet Jacob that he would surpass him in the one and done standing. So he needed about $56,000 to do it. Max Homa, who ended up finishing in a four-way tie for 42nd, thanks to JJ Spawn shooting a 78 and falling from first to T42, only made $54,000. So Jacob held off coach by less than two grand. How about that? Unbelievable. Come, come take your, come take your victory lap producer, Jacob. And you know what, what feels even better is that I'm going to see coach tomorrow. So this is, this is just a dream come true. I wrote this off on Friday whenever Homa made the cut and Seamus power did not um, right. much to my delight today. I, this was, this was like Christmas coming early. I was so happy. That's good. Make him give you, make him give you the money in person. Um, I feel like it's better if you get it in cash from coach. That's a rare opportunity. And then I could spend it in front of him. Oh, and I spend it on something really stupid. What's well, something he would really hate? I don't uh, know. Well, I, actually, I might. So we'll be in a, a state where uh, legalized wagering is a bit more legal. I think I might just take all the, the money and just bet it on whatever the first under I see is of the day because coach hates betting on unders. So I think that's <laughs> that's probably going to be the move. Somewhat more legal tells you how Jacob gets his action down right currently. <laughs> Somewhat not legal. I, I I do have to say some people might point to something like a like the Fibonacci sequence as like proof that there's a you know sort of divine creation to the universe. I think that the real proof is that Sepp Straka might be a viable play for the tour championship in our one and done league. It's I mean, incredible. like it, that's that's just proof right there that there's there's some sort of design to everything going on in the universe. So uh, I don't want to turn this into like a, a live thing, but JJ spawn very good for 54 holes, not very good for 72 fell 41 spots. That's Tough. costly. Yeah. Not great. Yeah. He had a, he had a, he had a rough Sunday. Uh, Seamus power, $0 from Jacob, but he'll survive because he gets hundred bucks from coach. The fans. Ooh, they were feeling good. They were feeling good. KP Tony Finau. 480,000 Mark had Joaquin Neiman. So they made up a little ground. They made up 220,000. The gap now between Mark and the fans is 1.3 million. And there is 
Geez, there's uh 2.7 on the line next week and 5-4 on the line at the tour championship. Uh I can still win, technically. Technically, you are still alive for sure. Because I've got man, I'm I'm glad I still got Zalatoris. I mean, if Zalatoris wins you 5.4 million, that gets you to 11 right there. And yeah, have a good week next week. Give yourself a chance. Yeah. Uh yeah, I'm I'm pumped about that. Uh I think I think Finau's gonna win the tour championship, though. I think he's gonna win it all. I don't I don't disagree with that. I think that's a, I think it's uh playing well, getting hot at the right time. Uh no, I, I think I think that's fair. Yeah. Uh by the way, I got a little update here. Dylan DeCher just put this on Twitter. I've got a quote from Zalatoris about why he said what are they going to say now? Okay. Uh, Zalator said, I did say that. You know, I'm a big Warriors fan. And obviously, Steph, he's a Cal Club guy. Mm. That's, a, that's a pretty exclusive drop right there. <laughs> Cal Club. Uh, he's a pretty big inspiration, obviously. I follow the Warriors like crazy. And when he said that, I guess Steph said it after they won the finals. Got it. Which, again, big uh, nobody believed in me guy there. Steph, Steph Curry. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess I guess it's true, like in college. So that's fair. Yeah, but that's four rings later. He still yeah, that was that. that was a long time <laughs> that's, ago. That's the chip on the shoulder these guys love. So I follow the Warriors like crazy. When he said that, it kind of related to my uh, to my journey so far. So being that close, and then kind of being written off here and there again. Don't know who was writing the wills out Taurus off, and then obviously finally pulling pulling it off. I actually can't believe I said that. At least it wasn't something worse, but yeah. So very, very much a heat of the moment thing. But again, not sure how many people are are uh, are legitimately like people who matter are legitimately doubting uh, Will Zalatoris and Steph Curry. I'm also happy to report that uh, you are the only one with Will Zalatoris available. Every single else, every single one of us have have used him. Now I got to find who the only one I have available. Maybe I'll go Lucas Glover next week. Could you imagine if you just rattle off back-to-back wins and steal this thing? Mark will be so upset. <laughs> oh, man. The problem is he's going to have, what, Rory at uh, Eastlake. At East Lake. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to need Rory to just take a dive for me. Like finish 27th or something. Oh. That, would, that would be – that would make my year if I – beat Mark by winning the last two, just pulling a Finau on him. Honestly, any like Mark has been in the lead for 42 weeks and he's been loving every second of it. If anybody beats him, I'll be pretty excited about it. Yeah, I, except for the fans. They can still pound sand. <laughs> All right, anything else before we get out of here? I uh, don't think so. Just watch the end of the U.S. Women's Am. The woman who won uh, didn't... I actually didn't see what her name is. Uh, she's... Oh, it's... it's No, I do know her name. It's uh, Saki Baba. Saki Baba? Yeah, Saki Baba. She won eleven and nine. It was the it was it was a it was a bloodbath, just a rout at the end. Eleven and nine. Well, they played 36. Oh, I was like, that the math like the math is not yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) so she won, they only played 27, but she hit like a 25 or like a 20 footer to win it, which Chambers Bay was awesome. I watched that all week. Uh, stayed up too late watching it. It was phenomenal. Take another U.S. Open there. Uh, great, great week of golf. Looking forward to next week. Did you see the uh, 
Seinfeld U.S. Open pairing. Oh, I retweeted your your tweet. That Gosh. was incredible. So good. It's so 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 funny. I mean, the USGA has gotten a little a little out of their skis with some of the pairings in the past at USGA events, but this one was chef's kiss. Love it. All right. Next week, BMW champ field is field is set. Field is ready to rock and roll. Wilmington Country Club. Kyle, I'll be there. Did you know that? No. I'll be there. What what are you just hanging out or what? Yeah, it's mostly just a personal trip. So the, I'll be going back. So we're actually staying in Philly and and we rented a car. So that'll be the first time I'll be back in Philadelphia in at least a decade, which will wow. be some friends, some family, do some stuff. Yeah, it'll be fun. Get some Marion time in. That would, if anyone out there can get me some Marion time in, I will make the schedule available. <laughs> Let me make that very clear for anyone out there listening. Uh, but no, otherwise it'll be it'll be good. Take I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited about next week. I, I loved. I mean, the Caves Valley thing was like, was it the best course in the world? No, probably not. That was a super fun tournament, though. I'm excited to see uh, this this uh, this golf course in Delaware. The Obviously, the field's great. We got a ton to talk about. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be another fun week. Looking forward DFS, to it. DFS preview on Monday, Mega Preview Pod Tuesday, round by round recaps the rest of the way. For now, big thanks to producer Jacob for allowing us to go at least thirty minutes over our time limit for tonight. Uh, Kyle Porter is available on Twitter at Kyle Porter CBS. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.